Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of land and waters that this podcast is recorded on. Hello, I am Tegan Natoli. And I am Lee Campbell. And this is This Glorious Mess, the mother's group in your ears where judgment is left at the door. And why, Lee Campbell, <laughs> are you swishling your bum around on your chair? Look, it's the middle of winter, kind of. <laughs> I just need to do some maintenance downstairs oh, and I'm itchy. Are your pubes so long they're itchy? <laughs> The type I thought of, I was the only person that let it go to that extreme. You know when you wear a type of fabric underwear and then they oh, kind of poke through? Yes, and they get yes. stuck. And the only reason I would maintain them is to not be uncomfortable, not for poor Rich, but, hey, he just gets what he's given. How funny. That reminds me of a song I used to sing in high school. You scratch your mooch. <laughs> I don't think well, you, I don't know why I ever I sang that. I also don't think that was in part of your curriculum. Well, they certainly weren't teaching it in music class, I can okay, tell you that right Tegan. now. Anyway, wow, what a tangent. Back on track. Today we are going to be talking to our colleague Shannon Finlay about an article she wrote for the Mamma Mia website about her experience being the glass child in her family. And, of course, we're going to end with our epic fails and mediocre nails. (laughs) Today we're talking about the term glass child and it's a concept that has gone viral on TikTok even though it's a term that's actually been around for over a decade. It was popularised by Alicia Maples who spoke about the need to recognise glass children during a TED talk in 2010 and she explains it as follows. The definition of a glass child is a healthy kid who has a special needs brother or sister, a special needs sibling. Why glass? Why not titanium or plastic? Well, you may think it's because glass children are fragile and they break very easily. But the reality is we are some of the strongest children there are. We have to be in order to survive the things that we have survived. We are called glass children because Our parents are so consumed with the needs of our brothers and sisters that when they look at us, they look right through us as though we're made of glass. Our co-worker Shannon wrote about this for the Mamma Mia website. Shannon, welcome to the show. In your own words, what is a glass child? So the term glass child basically means you are the sibling of a child with a disability. So that could be physiological, mental, physical. And as a result, the parents then put all the resources, time, energy, even all their money into their disabled child. And the sibling of that disabled child is left feeling invisible. And it's something, Ah. yeah, it's been around since... I think 2010, Alicia Maples did a TED Talk on it. She had a brother who had autism and she was a glass child. And now it's kind of become not a buzzword but just another way to describe a family dynamic on TikTok. (laughs) And did you hear that TED Talk and really resonate with that? Yeah, well, I first heard it on TikTok 
Have you guys watched Little Sheldon? It's, oh, yes, I have actually. Yeah. I love Bing Bang Theory. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like the prequel, I guess, yes. before Sheldon Cooper was a man. He's a twin, so he has a twin sister and her name's Missy and she's the glass child in that family. My dad does football with my older brother, so they're like a team. And my mom and me mom spend all their time fussing over Sheldon, so they're like a team too. So no one's on your team? Nope. It's just me. So if you're comfortable, can you mm. explain to us the situation in your family and growing up? Yeah. So when I wrote the story for Mamma Mia, I'd only known about the term for a few months, but it kind of really all clicked. Like it gave a meaning to what my childhood was. Yeah. I'm the eldest daughter of four daughters. I was an easy birth in comparison <laughs> to my little sisters. Like I came out perfect. You're apparently. like, I'm low maintenance. Yeah. <laughs> I, I started walking when my mom wanted me to. I talked when she asked me to. You know, I only Ooh. cried when I needed something. <laughs> and then 18 months later, my little sister was born. And this is really mean, but my mom always used to joke that she was like her little problem child because she was born as a preemie. She was born not difficult, but I guess she communicated a lot with her cries. And yeah. It was a really weird transition for my mum who kind of felt like it was easy. I don't know if that's a thing mm. with parents, like the well, first child. Well, once you've had one baby, that's yeah. all you know. So you, mm, you assume, yeah. I guess, that it'll be similar, and like it's cut true. and paste. Like my, my twins, like the girls, <laughs> were so much easier compared to my son. You know, when you can only compare it to what you've got. So for yeah. you, if you were a dream child. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to use that <laughs> word. Just but getting uh, a bad rep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of how my sister's always been just very sick, I suppose. And then... When she was 10 or 11, we were at a summer camp and she was telling me how sick she was feeling and I was like, oh, my God, you're faking it again. <laughs> I was like, there's no way that you're sick. Like, we're three hours away from home. I was like, please don't ring mom. Please don't make her come and get us. And she's like, I've already done it. Mom's uh. coming. And I was like, oh, my goodness. My mom got there. She's like, it'll be fine. Like, you're all good. And then when I came home from summer camp, I found out that my sister was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. Mm. My dad had said if she had stayed, she probably would have died because wow. – it was yeah. just a really extreme situation that her yeah, body was put under. and it's a dangerous diagnosis. Very. Especially when you don't know. She had no idea. Wow. And she was so small, so frail. And from that moment on, it was kind of like a rolling ball effect because she was diagnosed with one thing after another. That mm. Like the type 1 diabetes was just, I guess. Springboard into yeah. more yeah. medical stuff. Yeah, mm. exactly. And from that point forward, my parents were just absolutely dedicated to making sure that my sister had everything that she needed. They wanted her to survive. They wanted her to live. They wanted her to have the best quality of life. And so that required all their time, all their energy, yeah. all their resources, all their money. And even throughout my wider family, my sister got, I guess, a bit more attention because mm. people were like, what if we never see you again? Like yeah. that's how yeah. it felt at yeah. the time. Mm -hmm. And in the moment, I remember feeling really sad but I also remember having this like really complicated feeling yeah because I felt so resentful yeah mm. of the fact that you know my mom like she's taking my mom she's taking my yeah. dad she's taking my cousins away from me it all felt so so unfair but yeah they wanted to coddle her because she was so sick and mm. I understand it now yeah. but I had no idea what the word was and I kind of grew up and I was just like, I was so selfish. How could I have been like that? But you were a young child with yeah. complex yeah. feelings. You didn't know how to process all that. So that's how you felt when you were little. How mm. do you feel about it now? Now I feel kind of relieved. So when I came across the term, 
at first I was like, oh, it's just another buzzword, like yeah. the golden child, black sheep. It's just another word. Mm. It must have given the... you some form of validation yeah. though for all those things yeah. you felt when you were younger. I couldn't help but feel a little bit validated because I was like, oh, my God, I'm not crazy. Like yeah. I wasn't a terrible child. No. I was just, yeah, I just had big feelings, complex yeah. feelings, as you guys said. And very valid feelings. And I think sometimes being textbook is nice because you're like, oh, good. It, like it's not just me. There's yeah. other people that feel this sure. and that's why mm-hmm. it's almost like a diagnosis in a way. Yeah, Have you ever spoken to your parents about it? I know as a parent, you know, Mm. everything you just mentioned before is so well-intended by your parents, obviously, wanting to nurture your sister. And obviously, I would assume that no intention of neglecting you in the Mm. meantime. So as a parent, I imagine it would be a very hard thing to hear as a glass child that you feel isolated. uh, Yeah, that's right. So have you ever spoken about this with your parents? I think as a kid, I used to be like, why does she get all the attention? But it was yeah. immediately shut down because I was like, okay, have some perspective, Shannon. And I was like, oh, fine, I'll have some perspective. But now as an adult, I feel guilty putting that type mm. of accountability on For them. Sure. And you've probably processed it yourself. Yeah. You might not need to talk to them about it, I guess. Like it's just something that you've gone that you through. understand. Yeah, yeah. Exactly right. And like with my family dynamic, we're just so busy, so full on, and my parents are raising their two grandchildren now and they're just – they don't care about us. Yeah. They're not the grandbabies. <laughs> they got yeah. other stuff going on. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, your article was so beautifully written. Thank you for your so words. Much. And we'll pop a link in the show notes yeah. so people mm-hmm. can read it. But what kind of feedback have you had from the article? It was so surprising because I'd written other stories before that I thought were, like, more impactful and I didn't realise how many parents would read it and, like, feel guilty. And I felt really sad. I just wanted to hug so many mums that mm. were reading the stories and being like, I'm just crying reading this. And I was no. like, I didn't even realise that mm. it would have that effect. I thought it was more like. It was more from an, your perspective yeah, rather than a parenting perspective. Yeah. That's yeah. how I thought the reaction would be like, oh, like, this is a nice story that you've told us that mm. was also sad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, no, it was a lot of people being like, this is my situation. Oh. Either I was a glass child or. You know, the, I'm looking after a, a child with a disability and yeah. I have, who has siblings. Yeah. Yeah. And that was really, really sad. I felt so sad. And I just honestly, I wanted to hug them all and be like, yeah. we turn out all right. Like we're not broken. But also I think, you know, keeping that in mind, I would want that pointed out. If Alexander had a sibling or if I was in that situation, I'd want to make sure. Because of course your intention just goes to the neediest one. But, it, yeah. you know, being reminded of that is not a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I think that's what's so wonderful about mums these days (laughs) as I feel like you guys are just so much more aware I can only speak for myself but I'm so open to learn because I know first and foremost that I don't have all the answers so you know mums are open to answers and to to information you know I've got one healthy child but I can think of friends that are in this circumstance so next time I go for a play date I'll make sure that the glass child I you know I give them extra attention like it's always so helpful Mm. even if it doesn't apply to your situation and do you have any advice for parents that might be in this position I actually had to think long and hard about what I would say to a parent who asked me for advice because when I was even writing the story, I was like, I don't know how to end this because I don't know what to say to like make a parent feel not guilty. Mm. But from my own personal experience, and I would really just want to ask parents to even spend a day or a weekend with Mm. the quote unquote glass child when no one else is allowed to come. It's just you, whether it's just dad and the kid and Mm. maybe mum and the kid and just 
take them to the movies. Spend it's probably a few hours with them. it's probably something that oh you God, very rarely. Yes, <laughs> I actually feel I know it's no comparison, but I've said the same thing about my twins because it's mm. always been together. And I'm like, you yeah. know, that one on one time that you don't actually realize that you probably lacked mm. that very much in your childhood, just one on one time with your mum and dad, where nothing could impose on that. Yeah, I can only imagine it would just be so so meaningful to mm. a, especially a glass child to be seen for a day and yeah. it all be about yeah. you it yeah. was 100 i remember my first year of high school in the seventh grade because i was the first kid in high school i was the big girl who got to take the train with mum to work and we would you know go to the bakery and like split a ham and cheese which it- bacon roll and it was just so special oh, yeah and which it was it so nice you'd think nothing more of probably yeah. at the time I'm just at getting time, to school like, oh, but you're like those memories were the <laughs> the one-on-one time you got to spend with your mom yeah. I think it's really beautiful yeah Shannon you've shared your stories so thoughtfully and we appreciate it so much I know it's been your dream to get you on TGM <laughs> <laughs> it really is can I just say I've listened to TGM for so long are you was... thinking about having children <laughs> no <laughs> yeah oh, I love it well, and the nails and fails pleasure to have you on today <laughs> you've been amazing you. Thank you so much. Nailed it. You failed it. Nails and fails. You Nails. don't even have a nail. I don't. Like I'm, <laughs> I was scratching my head. I was walking around the house. I literally didn't nail a single thing this week. So your children are alive and true, happy. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to just have to go with that Well, today. then what's your fail? Can you give me your nail? Oh, okay, my I'll, nail. Maybe I can bask in your nail. I just think my child's a genius. He is pretty smart. No, that's a lie. I just, before I had children, I thought, I mean, he's nearly four now, but three-year-olds at daycare like played with Play-Doh and coloured in and used popsicle sticks to make ashtrays. I don't know. That's what we did. That's what we did when I was little. You made ashtrays? Yes. Can you believe it? Stop. I know. I'm 41, so things were different back then. Oh, yeah. I made my mum the best popsicle ashtray. (laughs) She used it too. Anyway. So Alex, like, aren't popsicle sticks wooden? Like, won't they just go? We used a lot of glue. <laughs> it was basically like. Isn't glue flammable? It was probably. I don't know about what your daycare was up to. But me neither. Anyway. Look, it was the 80s. Are you telling me he's not making ashtrays? No. So he comes home the other day. I mean, I posted on my Instagram about Bingo Bango. He's like, Mummy, you're old. You know that famous painter that died, Bingo Bango. Turns out he was talking about Vincent Van Gogh. And then he comes home the other day and he goes, Mummy, guess what we learned about today? And I was like, okay. And he goes, it starts with M. And so half an hour later, he's like, pollution. <laughs> and I was like, did you know that some naughty people throw their rubbish in the ocean and it gets caught in the fishies' tummies and dolphins get it stuck? And he's like oh. learning all, and he's like, and when we see it, we pick it up, but we ask an adult if it's safe to pick it up and then we put it in the bin. And oh, I'm like, bless. go take it. So he's obsessed with pollution now. He's like, that person dropped that on the ground. And like, we live they on are a, literal sponges, aren't they? aren't they? But we live on a main road that's not particularly, like, it's lovely, but it's not all that clean. So he'll be like, pollution, pollution, pollution. <laughs> Rubbish. <laughs> and he wants to pick up everything. Like, and I'm like, we don't have time. We're trying to get yeah. to the doctors or whatever. But I just Oh my want god, to imagine shout him. Out. He'll be in his element on like Clean Up Australia Day. Well, yeah. I'm gonna have to take him. <laughs> and we should do take three for the sea. But just shout out to daycare that it's so much more than I thought it was before being a parent. That at three, oh my gosh. they you know, he's learning Spanish and French. Yep. He knows bingo bango, Vincent Bango, <laughs> and he knows all about pollution in the ocean. It's funny, I was actually saying this to a parent at a, one of the kids' birthday parties a couple of weeks ago. Five weeks into the girls starting the first term of kindergarten like they came home one day with their home readers and just started reading and I was like you can't read what (laughs) and I was like you know in five weeks they went from not even knowing a word other than their name Mm. to reading sentences like wow and then I'm like wow I really underestimated you like because you just think oh they won't understand that or they won't know that but like teachers are 
Honestly, yes. they're amazing. Early child care, all school teachers, yeah. thank you. You deserve the fees of movie stars because yeah. you are shaping our children. Thank you. Gosh. All right, well, you've got to fail. I've got to fail. Yeah, speaking of school, after school activities, like I know when I was younger I used to switch and change up all the time, mm. but now that I'm a paying parent, <laughs> <laughs> that is not okay. You know, like my girls last term they did ballet and gymnastics. That's mm. what they wanted to do. Oh, well, they don't want to do that anymore. By the end of last term they were over it. So this term, oh, now we want to do soccer and a different dancing. I'm oh. like, do you know that all of these things, not only do I have to pay for the classes, which is fine, I'll cop that, but they all have a different uniform yeah. as well. And then, of course, there's not just one child, there's two, and then two of them want to do it, but the other one doesn't. But then she gets there and goes, oh, no, actually, I want to do it now. I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God. It's a very, very expensive. So aren't you supposed to be like, no, you've chosen this, you see this through for however many terms? Well, yes, that's what I'm like now because I'm like, if you start this, you have to do it yeah. and you're not changing. Do anyway. you have to do after-school activities? no. But they want to and it's probably good to keep them occupied. Well, the school days are so short too. Mm. Like, So my biggest thing with the girls is, you know, I don't want them just coming home and wanting to watch their iPad. Yeah. And they're so tired. Like mm. you don't want to be like, oh, come home and do more reading or come home and yeah. do – you don't want to like put and them under the And they've probably been sitting a lot so they want to do something physical. That's it. So I really do encourage, you know, if you can – and it doesn't have to like even just getting outside or going to the park or whatever. It doesn't have yes. to be a paid activity. But in saying that, you know, like dancing's great, you know, soccer's great because it's learning to be part of a team it's so just... good for your kids but hell for a parent yeah and your bank account yeah. <laughs> well my fail turned into a nail I was just going to call it my fail but you reminded me how it ended up so a few weeks ago I was at the shops on mummy Alex day on a Wednesday and we'd been down in Melbourne so I'd had Alex with me for five days Rich is traveling a lot. We'd landed back the night before. He was leaving for Queensland and Alexander's just going through a lot. If anyone's got a nearly four-year-old boy, I think they're surging to testosterone. a lot of big feelings. Yeah. And I know I'm in safe space, so I hate you, mummy. I want daddy. But that's a lie as soon as daddy's around. Hates daddy. The five days had culminated. And I can vouch for Lee in the fact that her son does not <laughs> stop talking to her all day long. He like doesn't I, even I, breathe. Like, like I've got three children and Alexander's voice will far <laughs> outweigh all of their levels. Rich and I are both big talkers and Alexander's got them. He does not <laughs> stop. Like, And it's often like stories and then questions, why, why, so why, or questions. telling you how much he hates you, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, I'm oh, sitting. Oh, no, but he also tells you, like the other day he told you how beautiful you were. And he said Auntie you're more Tegan. beautiful than daddy. Yeah, and then Auntie Tegan, you're so beautiful, gave you a cuddle. Anyway, so I'm sitting at this cafe, it's 8.30 and I'm thinking, gosh, this is going to be a long day and he's freaking out because there was too many yellow smarties on his cookie and he wanted pink ones. Anyway, <laughs> and I was so close to tears because I was just like, I'm exhausted. My work's piling up because, you know, when you take leave, but everyone else is still working. Yeah. So I was just a bit overwhelmed. And then this lovely lady, her name was Rachel, came up to me and she was like, Lee, I hope you don't mind me interrupting. But I listened to TGM and you and Tegan got me through and I've got a little one roughly Alexander's age and I was like, oh, my God, thank you. I was like, I was just about to have a cry but I just needed to hear that because I don't know. And she's like, no, you're doing great. And, <laughs> and then when she Makes went away. Makes me want to cry. Like yeah, the community is beyond, And it's it? just like she didn't need to come say hi. She could have just been like, oh, there's Lee. And like yeah. we don't get approached very often but it was just the right time. And, and it's it, not even like to stroke the ego. It's more like in that perfect moment when yes. you're like, I'm absolutely like so overwhelmed well, and about and that's to I unloaded on her. I was like, Rich is leaving. 
me again. I'm sorry. I look like shit and I'm going to have a cry. And she was like, oh, my God, you're doing great. And when she left, I did have a little cry and I felt so much better. Yeah. It was from relief and just being seen and heard. So still sad I haven't seen you cry. Oh, I'll try today. I'll try. Anyway, my fail about just being completely overwhelmed. We and always talked about crying, but I never get to see it. I've asked her what I can do to make her I cry. I cry twice a year. I'm sorry. Know, you missed it. That was only a few me, weeks call ago. Call me when you're going to so I can film Anyway, it. to Rachel, if you're listening, you made my absolute day. I didn't stop raving about you. And then Alexander was like, why are you crying, Mum? Are you sad? And I was like, yes, be nice to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that brings us to the end of this glorious mess. Please get in touch with us at tgm at mamamia.com.au and be sure to join our parenting group, Mamma Mia Family, and leave us a rating. This episode was produced by Claire O'Halloran. Her last episode with us. We will miss you. Our producer's leaving us because we've scared her off parenting. <laughs> She's like, contraception. I've got to get away from these girls. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.